0: Welcome to the Prairie Sun Living Podcast. Hello, thank you for listening to Prairie Sun Living Podcast. Season one, episode two begins right now. Today, we're talking about houseplant care. It's now October and our houseplants are ready to come back inside. Some of our tropicals that we may put out on the patio or a balcony, a deck, or even in pots out in our flower gardens, are ready to come back inside. The days are beginning to get a little shorter, the light a little dimmer, and the temperatures are going to start getting a lot cooler. My daughter and I recently attended the Rolling Ridge Nursery in Webster Groves, Missouri, houseplant talk. It was a wonderful Saturday morning with Mike Hellman, as he discussed a few items about bringing your houseplants in for the winter, there are some things to think about when bringing your plants indoors, planning for elements such as fertilizing, repotting, temperature change, inspecting for insects and damage, lighting, and of course your watering schedule. I can tell you there are three things on this list I learned from Mr. Homan are not as necessary as I once thought. Fertilizing, repotting, and pruning can actually take a back seat. Our plants will not grow as they have the last few months with their ideal conditions of light, warmth, humidity, and fertilizer. It's going to be important these next few months to stop feeding our plants and leave them in their currently cozy containers. It's also okay to leave even the most unsightly leggy or maybe that shaggy growth. Uh, We don't need to give them a haircut just yet. Once the growing season begins and the days become longer in late February, maybe even early March, giving our plants a good trim, a new pot with fresh soil, and a dose of fertilizer once a week will begin to wake it up from that dormant winter slumber. Now, this is not to say that you can't trim or prune your plants when you bring them in. By all means, if the abundance of growth or some of the damage has made the plant too heavy, unsightly, is really yellow, and just overall affects the look and the aesthetic of the plant, it is definitely okay to use your discretion and do what works for that particular plant, especially if you've had the plant for the last several years. You want to be looking at your forecast for the overnight temperatures as the days go on. Now that we're in October, most plants will not fare well in temperatures below 50 to 55 degrees, especially those tropical varieties. With true cacti, however, they can sustain slightly cooler nights because in their natural environment, the desert air is actually very chilly. Interestingly, again, another thing I learned from Mr. Hellman over the houseplant talk, was that cacti and plants such as my Christmas cactus are actually stimulated to flower by being exposed to these cooler night temperatures. As I said, if there are damaged areas of the plants or leaves, feel free to remove those. It's also a good idea to inspect the plant for any insects that may be using your beloved plant as a habitat. You want to be on the lookout for evidence of mites or aphids, mealybugs, and other small insects. Also, just a word of caution, definitely look for frogs and toads. I speak from experience that these little creatures, although they won't harm anything, can be a bit startling when you find them looking back at you from your bathroom vanity. If you're concerned about bringing in stowaways, and if the variety of plant tolerates insecticidal soap, I recommend that it's not a bad idea to go ahead and treat plants before bringing them in. Some plants I'm going to treat and some I won't. My rubber plant, pothos, and ginger seem to be intact. But I'm definitely going to treat the hibiscus I got this year. This variety of plant tends to attract insects. And the variety that I did choose this year is not winter hardy and must be brought in. I'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes on the blog of the two that have been recommended to me to use. The first I have not personally used. It's the Grow Safe Biopesticide Organic All Natural Mitocide Fungicide Insecticide. And this is a product that you mix in a spray bottle yourself and and douse the plant in it. The other one that I've had good experience with is the Espoma, the organic insect soap. It comes in a ready to use formula, it's in an orange spray bottle, and it can also be used on vegetables, fruits, shrubs, trees, and our house plants. I really like this one because it's in the growing season, you can use it on your edible garden, such as the herbs and tomatoes. I am anxious to use the Grow Safe product at Dilution because one of the areas we can't see due to us not repotting in the fall, is below the surface. Certain insects may be burrowed in your pot. So if you're concerned, you can use a dilution of the insecticidal soap and soak your plants in a shallow tub with the water and let it sit for about 10 minutes. That will enable the soil to wick up the soap and evict or kill all of those little uninvited guests. When it comes to lighting, know your space. Light and temperature are so important to houseplant survival. And of course we all wanna be successful. So one of the things I'm going to implement this year are grow lights and switching out some of my bulbs in my lamps with full spectrum plant bulbs. These lamps will be connected to an appliance timer at the outlet to ensure for a routine schedule. I don't wanna burn anybody up and I don't wanna leave anybody in the dark. Again, I will leave a link in the show notes on the blog, but there are so many different varieties to choose from that I really encourage you to go to your local nursery. They will most likely have the system or products that they recommend and that someone there has had success with. When it comes to watering, most plants require less water during the fall and winter months. This is due to the shorter days and of course, as we talked about, the lower light. We want to protect our plants from drafty windows, as well as hot air from things like heaters in our furnace vents. When it comes to a watering schedule, less can be more. Overwatering is absolutely the easiest way to kill a houseplant. I speak from experience on this as well, (laughs) but always err on the side of caution. And I would water less frequently, especially during the winter months, as most houseplants Uh, can recover from too little water, but not too much. This is especially important for plants that are in pots without drainage. So your decorative pots or your pots that you have bought from the garden center or at Ross or our department store, a lot of these pots don't have a drainage hole. The finger test is a great rule of thumb to use, no pun intended, to know when it's time to water rather than relying on a certain day on the calendar. Just take your index finger and dig in about two inches into the soil, down deep enough that you'll be able to tell and gauge the moisture level. If you feel as though there's still quite a bit of, uh, kind of a mud, if you will, then I would just leave it alone. If you're feeling that there's kind of a gritty, dry, lots of aeration within the soil, definitely time to give it another shot of water. To ensure that your plant is getting enough moisture, water slowly and thoroughly until that soil is evenly saturated. You wanna water until you begin to hear or see the drips coming out of the bottom of the pot. There are some exceptions to this rule. Pots without drainage, cactus, and succulents do not require as much moisture within the pot. They can actually die because the roots have been flooded and will rot. In the late fall and winter, you can reduce watering for cactus and succulents to once every three to four weeks. In the winter months, The air inside our homes tends to be too dry for many of our house plants. There are a few ways though that you can create more ideal conditions. One, and I recommend this all year round, especially if you have a pothos or something that's indoors at all times, is to mist with water. This is the easiest way to increase the humidity around the plant. Another is to stand plants on gravel trays. If you stand the plants on a gravel tray, that has about an inch of water in it. This will create a dense microclimate, basically, and this water evaporates up, the humidity increases, and the plant is moisturized. The other option that you can have is to take a shower with your plants. <laughs> now this I've actually done, and I think it's great. It worked wonderfully. In the evening, you can take your plant into the, into the bathroom while you're taking a shower, and after, I leave the plant in the bathroom to basically bask in the humidity and the mist that was created while I was showering. Okay guys, I'm going to wrap it up for today, but I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and it's given you food for thought when bringing your houseplants in this fall. Remember, we're trying to do our best to be successful houseplant owners, but everything has a cycle. I want to encourage you to not give up or get discouraged if a plant in your care doesn't make it. It happens. And frankly, it's people like me who may have another one bite the dust and are keeping the local horticulturist in business. One cycles out and another one just might come home with me. Thank you for listening to the Prairie Sun Living Podcast. Follow along on our journey at prairiesunliving.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or email your questions and comments to prairiesunliving at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, bye bye.